Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back to another Believe in Mavs. Uh, I'm going to call it Felts and Toss now, too. I got my guy Raymond Felton here. I'm Alex Sisopoulos. Uh, you might know me from the Charity Stripe and some other shows. But a lot has been happening since we last talked, Raymond. Um, obviously, on Tuesday, the NBA lottery went down. One of the biggest NBA lotteries uh, in the history of the NBA lottery. Obviously, number one pick going to the San Antonio Spurs, Victor Wembanyama. Everybody was incredibly excited about that, um, especially Spurs fans. I guess not so much Charlotte fans. Houston fans and, and Portland fans, but but Pistons fans as well. I do want to talk about the NBA playoffs a little bit. Jimmy Butler, playoff Jimmy Butler, playoff Jimmy, once again, doing what he does, taking his game to another level. They win game one on the road in Boston at TD Garden. What What is so different about this guy in the playoffs? And, and in a second, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play a little clip from from Ryan Rosilla talking about Jimmy and, and what makes him different, what makes him so special, what makes him so awesome to watch. But to you, and if you want to expand on just the team too, and obviously Spo right. and so many of these guys undrafted on this squad, mm-hmm. um, what makes but what makes Jimmy so special? Jimmy is a winner, and that right there sums it all up right there. He's just a winner. He's a I mean, you can you can teach talent. You see some guys like Jason Tatum. Oh my God, very talented. Would love to have him on my team. But if I'm going to war and I want to win, I want to win a championship as a coach. I'm looking at a guy like Jimmy Butler, and then nobody really talks about him in the league the way they should. Nobody give him his flowers on that level. Jimmy Butler is a winner. He goes to teams and he changes teams around. He went to Minnesota, changed that team around for the time he was there. Like, it's just like he went to Philly, changed them around for that little short time. Yeah. Like, it's just, and then, you know, I love that when he came back and beat them and he was walking in the locker room and said, Y'all picked Tobias Harris over me? Like, that was one of my funniest moments to see Jimmy. Like, it's just him that dogging him. He's a winner. He's a guy that's going to hold everybody accountable. Like, and then not to mention, just with the team that he has over there in Miami, everybody likes playing with each other. Everybody shares the ball. Everybody on the same page. They play defense together as a team. They yeah. move the ball offensively as a team, knowing that when the game is on the line, we're going to get the ball to Jimmy Buckets. He's going to make plays for us. But we're going to be ready. Shoot it. But, yeah, no, he don't have to shoot it. They yeah. just know he's going to make the right play. And we got to be ready to take big shots, you know what I'm saying, when, when he does, when he does pass the ball. Um, Bam Adebayo playing at a great high level right now. Kyle Lowry, who everybody felt like been missing all season, is showing who Kyle Lowry is. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like hit Kevin big Love. Shots, make big plays. Kevin Love, another veteran guy that can hit big shots. And then not to mention, man, the coaching staff. I mean, ex Porsche is uh, one of the, to me, one of the best coaches, not the best coach in the, in the NBA right now. You know, I have to give that man his flowers as well. Yeah. And just him just having a great coaching staff, those, the guys that he have over there, you know, having an OG like Udonis Haslam over there, keep holding guys accountable throughout the season. And they always do this every year, bro. They be struggling, struggling, struggling. You look at them, they up and down all season. And they're right there at the end of the season. It's like they figure it out. They just start winning games. All of a sudden, they in the playoffs, and then they just make a run. And it just shows just the grit and grind that this team is about. But to go yeah. back to Jimmy, 
Jimmy is a winner, man. Jimmy's a winner. He's All right, a great you player. you called him a winner. Let let me let me just play this for you. And this is what this is what he calls him. Butler last night the Heat's win. They're now up three one. This is him talking about the Knicks, by the way. So it's a little dated. Number one on my, I have this ranking as well. It's called the uh, that motherfucker ranking. I'm sorry to swear so early at the top of the podcast. I know some of the parents are commuting with the kids. Earmuffs. Uh, I'm trying. I'll try not to do it again so soon. I didn't give you much of a heads up, but it needs to be said. It needs to be vulgar. It needs to be violent. Uh, it needs to be all of those things because that's who Jimmy Butler is. Giannis has always kind of been my number one guy for those rankings. And look, he can kind of, I don't know how official these are, so I wouldn't get too worried about it. Uh, Raymond Felton at times has been number one, because as I've said numerous times, Raymond Felton has the epitome of of the, I slept with your mom face. Uh, That's just whenever I saw (laughs) Raymond Felton make any facial expression. First thing I thought of was like, that's, that's what is. So that MF is, is what (laughs) he calls Jimmy. And, you know, he's a winner. He's, what you know a lot of a lot of people say nowadays he's got that dog in him like he embodies kind of all of those different things mm-hmm. but so did you way back yeah. when yeah what what is the mindset that you took on when you were playing and was it i have to beat these guys that are across from me like mm-hmm. yeah. i'll do whatever it takes to win cuz i certainly see that when jimmy is out on the court but there's an there's an element of cerebralness and intelligence added to it it's not just like i'm going to Sometimes Giannis plays in a way where I'm like, well, no one should step in front of that guy because physically he will run you over. Right. But with Jimmy, it's a little different because he picks his spots. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he's, it's like a chess match and he's eight steps ahead of everyone else. It's just all about playing smart, but at the same time, giving it all you got. If you look at a guy like Jimmy, he does pick his spots when he's supposed to go, when he does it, when he want to pass to his teammates, get them involved. You know what I'm saying? Like, he plays the game the right way. It's so cerebral that it's crazy to me when I'm watching him. Like, he might take a quarter. He may not even shoot the ball like that. Yeah. Like, He's just finding guys. He may pass up a, a good-looking shot and then get somebody else a shot. Like, some people looking at that like, man, hey, Jimmy, why you didn't shoot that? But, nah, it's, it's, it's cerebral. Like, I'm trying to get my other guys going. I know what I can do, but I need these guys in order to win this game, in order to win this series. So I need these other guys here to hit shots. I need their confidence. I need them ready to shoot, ready to play. So I understand totally what I'm looking when I'm looking at him play. I understand totally what he's doing. But then on the other side of the court, he's a dog. He's gonna play defense too. Yeah, you know, he, I, he picked Jalen Brown's myself. pocket in the fourth quarter, and I was like, yeah. and then I saw it. I watched Jalen once that happened. Jalen Brown had like it's probably like 15 feet away from the basket not facing the basket. So he was you know, maybe going to turn into a post fade or, or face up and then attack. Mm-hmm. Jimmy pokes it out. They get a steal. They get out in transition. I think they might've hit a three or they got a layup layup at the rim. I think from bam mm-hmm. um, in like a secondary transition look. And then I watched Jalen Brown, the following five possessions. And he was, he was scared to attack. He didn't want to, he didn't want to do that no more. And look, I would have been too, because Jimmy was going to swallow him up. If he tried to go right, left, it wouldn't, it, it didn't matter. He was, he was on his dribble. He was like, he just locked in. Jimmy just locked in and it, it just made that much of a difference. And like you said, it's, it's, it's the two way thing. Right. And then on offense, I saw him drive, right. He's attacking the basket eyes on the rim. He's at the short corner. Mm-hmm. He pulls up. He loves that jump stop. He's so good with the pump fake. He feels the secondary defender coming to trap him from behind and he kicks it out to Caleb Martin to hit that three in the corner. 
Caleb Martin ready to shoot. Like that is just the epitome of him, but also the other guys around them. And if you get a lot of undrafted guys and then they're coached by Spo and they're talked to by Pat Riley, like they are ready to go. They know that their job is always on the line. They're they know hungry. how much it means for them to be on the court and they're they execute, hungry. man. Yeah, they're, they're hungry. hungry. Yeah. They hungry. And you know what I'm saying? Like, man, listen, when I played, it was just one of those things where, you know, when I got in, you know, I was all about trying to score, trying to trying to make a name for myself. And, you know, I honestly I made a name for myself when I was with the Bobcats. You know, I was fifth overall pick. Yeah. There's yeah. there's pressure to do that, I'm sure. No question. That, yeah. yeah. I mean, I made a name for myself, you know, being a, a, a tough grit, you know, point guard. Like everybody knew when they played against me, they had to play. Like they knew they had a dog fight. They know I was coming. I was gonna play defense, you know, saying I was gonna be physical. Like they knew it. I didn't care who it was. Like I didn't care. Even the guys that I looked up to before I got in the league. Yeah. Like, hey, listen, I listen, I love you. Like I got all nothing but respect for you, but I'm finna go at your ass. Like that's just who I was. And that's who I was to the my 14th season. Like that's yeah. just that's how I played. And um, and to me, to hear him say that, that's all I ever wanted was my respect from that aspect that I was a motherfucker. I was yeah. a dog. Yeah. I don't care about all that all-star stuff. Like, I mean, I almost made it one time. I, I feel like I got snubbed when I was with the Knicks. It right. didn't happen. Whatever. But as long as, like, my peers and stuff respect that I was a dog and right. that I stepped on the court, you had a battle with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you wanted to go to war with me as my yeah, teammate, right? No question, because you know what I'm going to bring to the table. I'm, I'm going to fight. I'm going to do whatever I can to win. I'm going to do the right thing to win. I'm going to play the right way. You know, that's just who I was. And I was a point guard that loved the pass. Yeah. You know, I was a point guard that loved the pass and who could score. So it's not like you could just sit off me like I couldn't do nothing. You know, you had to respect my game too. So, you know, it was just one of those things where like, man, I was just, you know, you have to sit back. And I think a lot of these young guys who end up being in the league and you'd be like, oh man, where did he go? You know, oh man, where did he go? He was so talented. A lot of guys don't understand that you have to think about things sometimes. You have to really, when your season is over, go take about a week or two. And just, you know, enjoy yourself, enjoy a beach or something, and really think about what it is I got to do to stick, mm. to stay. And a lot of guys don't do that. They just think they just need to go work out and just do this and do that and do all of this. All of that stuff is great. You have to do that, too. You got to work on your game. But at the end of the day, you got to figure out what it is I need to do to stick in the NBA, to play a long time. What is it I need to do? So – were there who does that information come from when you get into the off season at the beginning of the off season before it's time to go put in the work where you want to recover you want to get right mm-hmm. is it coming from the coaching staff the development staff is it coming some from them but mostly from you i mean i imagine now a lot of guys throughout the entire season like all they see is this guy can't do this this guy can't mm-hmm. do that he's got to work mm-hmm. on this in the off season like right. there's so much of that out there where was that for you? I think with me it was with it was ne- not necessarily with the, with the coaches. Of course, the coaches told you things sure. that you needed to work on, and then you go work on that for sure. I think with me is just listening to my older guys, listening okay. to my OGs who who told me how to, who taught me how to be a professional, who told me what it took to stick to stay. You know, you talking about guys that I was listening to who played eighteen years in the NBA. You know, what I'm saying Jawan Howard, Kurt Thomas, like you know, what I'm saying. Derek Anderson, like these guys yeah. all played. Did you play with Andre Miller when you were in Denver? 
No, nah, he wasn't there. He wasn't there. He, he he got traded. He got traded when I got when I when I went there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but like man, just just different guys. Like just you like did play. With, you did play with Chauncey though, right? No, never played. You didn't with play with Chauncey. God, y'all miss y'all missed each other in Denver too. Yeah, we missed each other. Yeah. When when he got traded to New York, that was I was part of that trade to go to Denver. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. With uh with Wilson. With Chandler, Wilson Chandler, all of us. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. All of us. Um, All right, I had to get, I had to get one thing right there. That was. (laughs) So yeah, Uh, man, it was just one of those things where, man, I just, I just wanted to really just, you know, lock in of what can I do to stick, what can I do to make teams want me when I come into free agency. You know, saying like, you know, because at some point you're going to become a guy that okay, you're not a starter no more. So here, he go here. I'm gonna go in the backup role now. What can I do to 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 get more years out of that? I started my first ten years in the league, so my last four I was a backup point guard. So what can I do every summer to 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 get somebody to sign me? Yeah, you know what can I bring to the table coming off the bench? What can I do? Like a lot of people don't think like that. You know, sometimes they get into that that egotistic. Oh man, I wanna I'm a starter. Like I need to start. Man, listen, you get around 10, 11 years, they bringing in a young guy that they rather you know, develop because you, you know, to the point where they feel like you're on your way out. So you just got to figure it out, man. I think a lot of kids kind of mess up with that that aspect mm-hmm. and just don't really attack it in that way. And that's why they lose a lot of years playing in the NBA because they let their ego get in the way. Speaking of, speaking of kids, there are a lot of young guys that are about to be drafted by NBA franchises, get that rookie contract. Okay. Uh, the lottery happened on, on Tuesday, as I mentioned before. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs have the first overall pick. Did you did you have a spot that you wanted him to land? Because obviously now they're going to pick Victor Wembanyama out yeah. of France, the the seven five do it all guy, one of the best prospects we've seen since LeBron James. Like what, what... nobody else wasn't going to get that pick, but San Antonio. Like I knew that from gate. I've been saying that from day one. He's going to San Antonio. I knew it. You know, you just look at you know what's been going on with San Antonio over the years. They've been kind of on the down. Yeah, uh, they needed something to, and, and you gotta understand, this is one of the one of the best franchises in our in our NBA, who's been on the down for a long time. So they needed right. something to spark them, and you know the NBA wants the San Antonio Spurs to be competitive again. So come on, it was a, it was a no brainer, and I'm I, not uh, saying, and I'm not saying they did it on purpose, but it was a no brainer. What what that what that ball was gonna do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. It was funny. I I heard someone talking about like you looked at the guys that were up there representing the team, and for Charlotte it was Mark Williams who they took last year, the big man uh, out of Duke, who I really like. I think he's a really good rim protector type of guy that can become a defensive anchor for a team. Um, but like, what is he going to get the number one overall pick? And then he's like, oh, maybe I don't even have a job anymore because you've got this Wembenyama kid coming in. Uh, it's funny. And then Ime Udoka, obviously, like which I think he's going to do a lot of good things for that young Rockets core. Um, but with everything off the court, like that wasn't going to happen. Not, you know, not with this, not, not with this lottery. Uh, they just built a $500 million facility in San Antonio. It's going to be ready in the fall. Like just perfect timing. Like Someone's got to look of into course. it just to make sure, just to make sure. Of course. No, I won't even bother. I think, I think pop them has been on a, on a, on a, you know, development side for long enough. Yeah, and it's time. It's time for them to get back to 
what I know, what I came into the league, how dominant and how good San Antonio Spurs was. So right. And getting a big big time pick like this is 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 major. It's major. He's and he's a he's a franchise and a in a in a in a game changer. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. He's gotta stay healthy. No, but one hundred percent because he's really I looked at him the other day, he's really skinny. He's really he's small, but you know. They gonna figure that out, you know. I mean, he's you know he's had trainers working with him since he was ten on mm-hmm. mobility, flexibility, durability, um, which a lot of times you know you're you're ten years old, you're just at the park and you're playing and whatever you you're a beast at the park and your friends like how can you dunk and no one else? Can? I mean, this is not me. I'm just I'm just postulating what a number one overall pick possibly could be going through <laughs> at that age. Uh, Chris Boussard, this is an interesting thing I wanted to run by you. He said if he's Anthony Davis. With these expectations, that's a disappointment. If he's Kevin Durant, if he's Akeem Olajuwon, he has not met expectations. I said he is one of the most highly touted uh, prospects since LeBron James. I would mm-hmm. I would say if I were to grade prospects, I would say he's higher than Zion, especially because Zion got hurt at Duke, and he's seven five. Like the mm-hmm. guy projects to be a two way player, an all defensive type player early in his career, and obviously an all NBA type player. He can handle. He can shoot. Um, he can play inside. He can play outside. He can pass really well. He's got a great feel for the game. I think that's what I'm most impressed with. He plays the game the right way. He doesn't just ask for the ball and then attack from there. But to set the expectation that this guy is to, to it automatically has to be a top 15 player of all time, he's or else he's still a, a kid, man. He yeah, that's ridiculous, right? He still has to get adjusted to playing to the NBA because you got to understand, man. Hey, he's seven five. Okay, he still got to play against Jokic. He still got to play against Joe Embiid. Like, yeah, these dudes are big. These he's gonna get in a tussle with Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams Come gonna on, throw man. his ass on the ground. Stephen Adams is the strongest dude I've ever played with or played against. Like, yeah, either way, he's strong. So you gotta understand, like, he got to deal with LeBron is stronger than his kid, man. He got to deal with Giannis coming at him, hitting his body hard and knocking him over and dunking him over. right here, like right like, here. Come on, man. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like it's. The kid is going to be great. We both know this. They know this. But to put the pressure on this kid right away to say that, oh, if he don't have a certain season, it's a failure. Hakeem Olajuwon. I don't even talk about this, man. Yeah, exactly. Talk about Hakeem Olajuwon. Some people man. think he's a top 10 player of all time. Like, man, he is. What are you talking about? Jordan man? Jordan left to go play baseball. Ring, ring. Like, that's how good he was. Like, One he, of the he, best centers ever. And some people say the best. You know, you're talking about him and Shaq. Oh, you got Will Chamberlain. You got so many centers. You got Kareem Olajuwon. I mean, you got um um Abdul-Jabbar. Abdul-Jabbar. Like, come yeah. on, man. Like, come on. You got so many. Yeah. D-Rob, David Robinson, Tim Duncan. Come on. Patrick both, Ewing. Both, both Spurs, though, those guys that I mentioned. Yeah. And now, now they go Ewing. and get. You got Patrick Ewing. Like, you got yeah. so many guys, man. Like, come on, man. Like, stop. This. <laughs> Let the young kid come in and develop, get himself right, and he probably will be one of the greatest to play the game at 7'5 and do the things that he can do. We have not seen that yet. We have not seen somebody that tall, seven foot five, to do the things that he can do. So, but just like anybody else, let him come in and make mistakes. Let him come in and, and figure it out. Like, don't put that pressure on him like that right away, which is all it already is. Sure. You know that. And people are going to talk about it because that's what sells. You got to find something negative to say, negative to talk about. But, but how would. would you how would you manage those expectations in the locker room? I mean, something that you're doing now is coaching. 
Mm-hmm. AAU, I was texting you about it. Like the summer is the busy time. Right. I imagine you're you coaching some really talented players. Mm-hmm. How do you help those guys manage expectations? And then also, I would just want to throw in there, like you mentioned, you know, you you were a number five overall pick mm-hmm. coming into a new franchise. Mm-hmm. I think the year after is when y'all drafted Adam Morrison, yep. who was touted as the best player in college basketball, number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. And before you got there was Emeka Okafor, also the number one overall pick. So in, in similar to this Spurs group where Keldon Johnson is probably their their oldest vet, not a vet. He's like under 26 years old. They've got really young guys, Trey Jones, now Vic, um, mm-hmm. Jeremy Sohan, the guy from Baylor last year, Malachi Branham, the guy from Ohio State. A lot of young players on this team. Yeah. How do you manage those expectations growing together as a team and also for when Banyama as the number one guy, like, what are you saying to him in the locker room? Or are you taking a step back and letting things run them, run their course and, and having him grow and learn? I'll take a, I'll take a step back in the sense of I'm gonna let him fill it out. I'm let him figure it out on his own and step in when I need to, you know, this kid has been playing professional ball for yeah. a very long time now. So he, he understands the level and the intensity, you know, but at the same time, you know, as a coach, and as a mentor, you still got to step in when time needs, you know, when the media is getting at you, when people are saying, oh, you a bust, you know, it's going to be things like that because he's going to struggle. Like, let's just be honest. He's going to have those games and he's going to have those moments where he's really going to need somebody to put their arms around him and tell him, look, kid, you're great and go out there and go be great. Yeah. But don't put all this extra pressure on you to to bring us home first year. Like, it's going to take time, you know. You need to gel with these guys. These guys need to learn to play with you and trust you, and you need to learn to play and trust them. And, you know, just go out there and just, you know, y'all just figure it out. And that's what I'm here for, to try to make that easy for you and easy for you all as coach, you know what I'm saying? Like, but at the same time, you know, just, you know, I'm big on confidence. You know, I'm big on holding you accountable too. Mm-hmm. If you ain't doing the right. If you ain't doing it the right way, you're not playing the right way. I'm big on that. But I was talking big on encouraging. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I know that means a lot to have that encouragement from your coach, knowing that he has your back, knowing that he believes in you, no matter what. You know, so that's what that's what he's going to need a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of that. Yeah. And I, again, like the we, we might joke about it being rigged or whatever but it's the perfect place if you want that because mm-hmm. popovich is a tough love type of guy but tough love, yeah. there's he's also gonna I, accountable he's, he's gonna, gonna hold, hold him accountable, accountable but he's gonna love him though i yeah. i haven't heard nobody they say they can't stand pop yeah you know and i've seen him chew a lot of dudes out i've seen him chew tim duggan out. i've seen him chew tony parker out i've seen him chew mano ginobili i've seen him chew each and every one of these guys out i'm talking about chew them out like they was the 15th guy on the bench, like right. chew him out. Like, but they love him, you know? And that's just how it is, man. Like, and I feel like some of these young kids can't take that. I yeah. Feel like some of them can't take getting chewed out, getting cussed out. You know, they like, oh, we got to get him out of here. I can't play for him. You know, then they end up finding a good coach when all you got to do is listen to the message, not the approach. Right. Listen to the message. Yeah. I had, I had the chance to talk to, on on the charity stripe, the other pod that I do with RC Buford, who's the mm-hmm. the CEO of the Spurs. This is a while ago. This is like in the pandemic, but he just told a story about when they were in the finals and in the pregame um, 
something had happened in Australia. Mm-hmm. This was when Patty Patty Mills was on the team, and Pop went and like talked to the entire team about whatever this. It was like a crisis or something like that. Like something bad happened in Australia, and they didn't spend the pregame talking about anything to do with the game. And he just asked Patty like how he was doing and like all these different questions about it. And then they went and played. I'm sure they won. I think it was probably one of those, you know, finals runs where they ended up with the ring at the end of it. But that's the type of guy that really, really cares what's going on in, in his players' lives and not not just in their lives, but also in their their countries. And guess what? This guy's from a different country. So not only has he shown to to grow talent um that's come from within the United States, but also he's already done it with international talent and he's coached um on the Olympic squad before. So he knows what it's like to communicate with these guys. I think he just, he's a guy that cares a lot about basketball in general. Basketball doesn't just happen in the United States. So again, I just, it feels like a really, really perfect fit. So I can't wait to see what happens with this guy. The second overall pick is going to the Charlotte Hornets. (laughs) They have LaMelo Ball on this team. And there are a lot of different options. They could have it too. Of course, they didn't get the number one overall pick. Same thing happened when uh, Anthony Davis was coming out and they ended up getting Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who was a tremendous player in college, but not the same level of prospect as Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. In my mind, Scoot is an incredible prospect as well. Mm-hmm. It's come out that, you know, Steph is going to mentor him. Great. That that makes everybody think that he's going to be, you know, the next darling. Mm-hmm. Um, what? But you do have LaMelo here. And LaMelo is the cornerstone of the franchise right now. Mm-hmm. What do you mind them picking Scoot with the second overall pick? Would you rather them go in, in a kind of positional value route with a guy like Brandon Miller? What are your like initial thoughts with what Charlotte should do and how they can bring more fans into this franchise with this move and create an environment for LaMelo to have a winning culture around him? I feel like if you do that, you got to let Terry Rozier go. Yeah. And he's a dog. I love Terry. I love him. I would love for them to trade him to a good situation, like where he can go play and compete and play for a, a ring. So any any team would love to have him off the bench. No he's, question. He's an eighteen plus point scorer a game. Like easily, I like yeah. to see him go down there and play point with um with the Phoenix Suns. You ask me, you know, because I think they're going to try to break some of that up. I think CP might be going, might be leaving, going somewhere. Um, I mean, it's gonna be, that's a it's great. Just, I had thought about that. I think, it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be some changes. So I would love to see Terry Rozier go to Phoenix. I would love to see that. I would love to see him go play down there with Katie and um and Devin and Devin. You know, hopefully, dang, that would be a great. Pick. I mean, because he can. We've already seen that. he can slot in at, at the two and just be comfortable shooting. He's a great catch and shoot guy. But he's you. also a you go I got you go yeah. I go type of guy. Yeah, and he can play the point. He's yeah. proven that when he was in Boston. Yep. He proven that in Boston. I think I like that. that. Got, IT got hurt. Mm-hmm. He he him and Jason Tatum was killing off uh, Milwaukee. Yeah, man. So you know he stepped he was, up young. He was young back then too. Exactly. So you yeah. know he he got the capability. So I would I, I I would love to see that happen. You know, but you know you still gotta you know there's still Chris Paul over there. So you can't just say oh we're gonna move him for Chris Paul. You got to see if that's a mutual thing. Rather, you know they're going to move on from CP or he wants to move on and try to go right. somewhere else. I mean, it's a cool $40 million you got to match. So it's a big, you know it's a big saying? contract. So, so you got to think about that as well. But I, I think I would love to see him go there. I would love to see that young boy go there just because LaMelo has been having a lot of injuries. 
Yeah. They have a lot of ankle injuries. So you have a guy that's ready to come in and can play the point as well. You could play those two, you could play those two guys together. Yeah, you that's know? that's my thing. It's like why why you not put them both on the court? Two. You can't yeah. you got two now you got two playmakers. Especially you know? Lamelo's like six seven, like he can guard two, three, like mm-hmm. and Scoot can guard the one. Mm-hmm. You could Scoot is I, about what, six four, six three? He's probably six three, but he's but he's built though. Like oh, he's, he's strong. I've seen him. Yeah, I've seen him. And I've he's a him. he's a freak athletically. Like the guy is he's just got a really good nose for for just getting to the basket. Mm-hmm. Um he's his pull up looks really nice right now. Like he's a really good player. I also just think about that team in transition. Like so many teams I think make it tough on themselves by not building a team that can get easy buckets in transition. To mm-hmm. score uh, often and score a lot, I mean, it's kind of what the Memphis Grizzlies have been, right? Like, their problem has then been, okay, what do you do in the half court? But in transition, they become a really good team, a top four team in the West, year in year out, mm-hmm. because Jaw gets out on the break and Desmond Bain runs with him, and Jaron Jackson can move for a big. Like Dylan Brooks, as much as critic- criticism as he gets, like he's a guy that's good in the open break. So they they kind of built that team like that. I, be an interesting approach to take uh, in Charlotte. But yeah. Oh, and then lastly, with the lottery, and we have plenty of time to talk about this stuff, but instant reactions for the Mavs keeping their pick. Are they going to trade if, it? If you could trade it to get better and get some some guys that, that can come in and help you right away, then yes, I would trade it and try to help make that team better. You know, uh, I would. I don't I don't know if they're gonna keep Kyrie, if they're gonna be able to keep him. Uh I don't know. Should what they keep him? What do you think about a a sign and trade with Kyrie with Kyrie going to Phoenix? Yeah, I mean if you're not keeping him, you better sign and trade him and get something out of it. Like you sign a trade and bring CP here. Would 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 that would that be okay with, with, with Luca? Because then you know he's not gonna be dominant with the ball there. I just I think the ball needs to be out of Luca's hands sometimes. Are you getting DeAndre Ayton in that too? Like, are you moving the the ten and Kyrie mm-hmm. in a sign and trade to get Ayton as well? Because CP yeah. obviously is not as good as Kyrie at this point. We we right. know that. Oh, yeah. and he no. and he's never been as good as Kyrie attacking from the wing no. off the catch. Like, no, but that didn't. But that didn't work here. I love Kyrie here. I mean, I. What didn't work because the rest of the was, team wasn't built defensively for it to work yeah, on offense. Exactly. So you have to bring in some defensive guys. So, but who are you going to go get though? Tell me that. I just, <laughs> I like. I mean, hey, you want to make a trade with the, you want to sign and trade, Kyrie and I mean, I don't think he wants to go to the Hornets, but you want to go get Terry Rozier and PJ Washington. I'm in on that. I'm in on that. Yes. Go get a versatile wing who can defend, who can also shoot a little bit, and another guard who can attack. Then that means if you have Terry, you can move off of Tim too. I love Tim, but mm-hmm. those those guys play a similar type of role. Um, I don't know. I just Aiton is enticing, and someone should make a move for him because he's so talented. There's a reason why he was the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. But um, we're talking about with Jimmy Butler. I feel like I have seen some things that have shown me that he doesn't have that same level of competition in him, and. I think, I think you correct me if I'm wrong. No, I, I think he has it in him. I just think that it was just time for him to get out of that situation. But Monty's gone. 
And I think him and Monty was bumping heads. And yeah. I think it was at times he didn't want to play for Monty. He didn't want to play. And I just think that, you know, he showed that force and that grit before that. Before they got into Fla- that, In flashes. In flashes. In flashes, no question. So if you can get a coach that can get that out of him all the time in big games and just get it out of him, I think he's a big, a great big to have. A great big time. Yeah, but the in flashes thing is is to me like the real indicate. Like, okay, so I've been playing a lot of pickup lately, mm-hmm. and I come out after I play, and I I chirp a lot. Like I just do, because I because I play this because I play, and it doesn't matter the circumstances. Like, right, I want to fucking win. Like I do. Like, right, right, badly every time I get out on the court, right. and afterwards I'm like, okay, like you gotta like stop, just like. Just like stop talking. Just stop talking. <laughs> but at a certain point, it's like who I am as a basketball player, you know? And mm-hmm. I can try and change as much as I want, but it's it's in me to play that way, to play that brand. You're a competitor, to, so hey, listen. Yeah, to to <laughs> maybe hard foul a guy when when we're at point game, right? Yeah. Like and I like the flashes, but there are other guys in the league who do it every single night, who do it every time they step out on the court. True. And I especially think the circumstances would not be great. When you're going alongside Luca and the Mavericks, I, it's a tough place to come play. It really is. Yeah, it is, but it's also a great place to play too. It is a great if place you, to play. You come and play hard and play the yeah. Right you way, like you, know, you like catching five lobs untouched. I'm telling you, this might be the place. I, don't know. I, I think it could work. A lot like you said though, they guys gotta they gotta find some de- some some good defensive guys to put around. And I would love to see Kyrie stay here, but they still need a big man. They still need yeah. a big man that can that can roll, that can play defense. That's a shot block. That's a shot blocker, and you know that's just that's just going to basically change some things around. And I don't know who's out there for that outside of him. Ulysses is best. Miles Turner, bring him home. Bring him home. True, true. But he just signed a deal, though. I know they're not going to move him. They're they're building. <laughs> they're building. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. They just they just signed him, so you know he's not going nowhere now. So. Who are you going to get? Capella. Unless maybe. somebody wants that pick. Unless somebody wants that 10th pick. And, you know, you're like, all right. Give them that I kind of want them to take a wing with that pick just to just get more depth. Because we just need guys, too. Like, we need guys who can play in that eight-man rotation. Miami, Oladipo, out. Tyler Hero, out. And probably wouldn't come back until the finals. But that would have meant that they had a 10-man rotation. Right now, they have an eight-man rotation. I actually think it's exactly the, the exact eight guys that they need um, to be competing right now because it, it bumped Duncan Robinson up. And guess what? He's been playing pretty darn well since he's since he's gotten those minutes. That man has hit the shots like crazy. I like yeah. It. Yeah. All right. Before we wrap, uh, Lakers and Nuggets, one game in on that one. Jokic was unbelievable in game one maybe lost a little steam in the fourth quarter, um, but still ended up with the most absurd stat line. Do you feel my one question on that one? Do you feel like LeBron has that next gear to get to? Like he has previously shown every other season he's been in the playoffs or at this point is the foot injury been too much for him? Because Davis had a 40-point game where he had 20 rebounds. I just feel like as good as LeBron has been, he hasn't been – I mean, LeBron James is never bad, obviously. Right. I just feel like that next gear that he gets to sometimes where I think that he knows more about the game than I do, the Jimmy Butler aspect that we were talking about before, 
the cerebral factor. It's showing his age. I mean, it's, just, it's that simple. Yeah. You're talking about a guy that's 38 years old playing 20-something years in the league. I mean, he's going to be great no matter what. He's great being on the court. He's going to make plays. He's going to hit shots. He's going to score points. He's going to rebound. You know, he's going to make the right pass. LeBron is great. We know that. But it's one thing that we can't change, and that's time. Yeah. And that's how old we get, and things change. So, you know, you need those young guys to step up when you got him scoring, giving you – he be giving you 20-something with eight assists. Oh, yeah. Doing his job. Yeah. So, you know, you need guys like Reeves, you know, Dennis Schroeder, Lonnie Walker, you know, Achimur. I like Achimur. He played you well. Know, yeah. Yeah, you need guys like that stepping up along D-Lo. with Anthony Davis. D'Lo, you got to step up. D'Lo, you got to do something. I'm serious. Yeah. You, you know, you got you younger guys got to step up. This man is 38 years old with 20 years of running up and down his court. You know what I'm saying? So Anthony Davis had 40 points and 10 rebounds. He did his job. Yeah. Who else is going to step up? And that's why I tell people they don't have enough to beat Denver. You know, Denver so? got multiple guys that can step up. Caldwell Pope stepped up that he's a winner. Playing defense, hitting shots. Yoke is going to do his thing. Jamal Murray playing at a high level because we know he can do that. You know, um, Michael Porter Jr. hitting shots. You know, and Gordon, they have a good shooting game. But no. guess what? He's playing hard defense. He's going to rebound. He's a big body. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got Brown. Brown came off, had, gave you about 18 off the bench. Guys are stepping up that's opposed to, yeah. you know, around their stars. You know what I'm saying? Like guys are stepping up. So I, somebody I, has to do that for the Lakers. I still felt like like in the first series against the Grizzlies, the reason why I believed that they could have beaten the Lakers was because the Lakers didn't have enough defenders at the guard position. Mm-hmm. Murray was able to score 30 points. Jokic is going to get 30 every single night, no matter what. He is mm-hmm. that good. Mm-hmm. But where they win in this series, the Lakers is, is holding Jamal Murray to under 15 points per game, under 17 points per game. And I just, Schroeder, Reeves, Russell, I like all three of those guys, but they're not defenders like that. I mean, they might have to get really fancy with the spices and, and throw Jared Vanderbilt out there and say, hey, you guard Jamal Murray the entire game. Might have he, to. They, they did that in um, the last series. They did that against us. He played Luka pretty darn well. Yeah, but he did that. He's, he guarded Steph. Yeah. They put so, him on I, Steph, so you might have to put him on Jamal Murray. You might have to. I'm, I'm just saying. But Jamal Murray is a different – I ain't going to say he's a different animal because obviously he's not Steph. But, you know, when it comes to that type of basketball, just going at you one-on-one, I'm going to score, he's tough to guard. Bro. When he gets in that zone. Yeah, he's tough to guard because he can post up. He got a mid-range. Well, and then you, the basket, he can shoot you also – they love that pick and roll. And if you get the switch where Jokic is on Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt hasn't played a ton of minutes in the playoffs. I mean, he could pick him apart and then – you you could be in a really bad place, and then you're looking at a 45 point triple double from Jokic for 15 plus assists. You're like, okay, maybe we shouldn't have done that. So it's a it's a conundrum. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's it's gonna be tough. I mean, it's gonna be tough. Like this is gonna this is this is a bad series for them. I feel like Golden State had a better chance of beating Denver. They matched up better me. with the Nuggets. Yeah, I think I I thought they did. You know, mm. but at the end of the day, they still got LeBron over there. They still got Anthony Davis over there, so they still can win. But I don't think it could happen. And then I, think which, they, I think they win maybe one game. Me. Wow. Wow. Maybe what, maybe two. Maybe two. Serious, man. That's that's how good Denver is. Denver really built their team the right way. And if they stay healthy when nobody gets hurt, I I like to see them be I like to see who who can beat them. 
For real. And then on the other side, got a pick? I can't go against Jimmy right now. Jimmy's in that mode right now. He was in that same mode he was in when he was in the bubble. He just in that mode of I'm going to will us to a win every night. I'm going to make sure we win. I'm going to do what we got to do. We yeah. just get a defensive stop, whatever it is, take a charge, whatever it is. I'm a will. I'm a will us to a win. So when I he can't was, go against him right now, when he was buying ten cups of or ten dollar cups of coffee and then selling them for a hundred dollars. No, this man's funny, man. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. All right, Raymond. I know you got to go, but appreciate you, man. No doubt, my man. Always love hopping on. Uh, talking ball with you and uh, we'll see everybody next time. Peace. All right. Peace. Thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks. That's what our podcast. People are the worst brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming. And we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to people are the worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.